Are you living your best life as a salesperson or entrepreneur? Or do you find you're working all the time on this hamster wheel of life while stressed out and not financially free, which is the exact opposite of what you had signed up for, especially now in this global pandemic? If this is you, you are not alone. I found myself there in 2008 when I lost everything, including my health, and had to pivot working from home for the first time with no money. I rebuilt my life from scratch, juggling motherhood and marriage to get my life back and be recession and pandemic proof today. Now we live laptop lifestyles with our kids and are poised to travel the world together. How did we do it? Join me as I share my health and wealth and wisdom secrets, tips, tools, and expert interviews to equip you to be recession-proof and live your best life. My name is Lois Kofi, and this is Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Coach Lois. Super excited for another amazing, powerful guest today on Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. If you are tuning in, For the first time, I always like to share this show is designed for you, the salesperson, the entrepreneur, the business owner, the mom, the dad, juggling all the things in this new normal. We want to inspire you to live your best life, your best health, your best wealth, and then, of course, the wisdom to know the difference along the way to making those choices that get you to where you want to be. If you're tuning in live, please comment below and say hashtag live. A lot of you who already come here often know the drill. So hashtag live and where you're tuning in from if you're on the replay. And you got to be inside my Facebook community in order to to get to talk to the speakers and interview them along with me every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So if you're watching replay, you can still ask questions. You can still engage with me and the speaker. And if you see value, hit the share button. Please, 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 because so many people are hungering for inspiration. They're looking for leadership. They're looking for divine guidance and wisdom. And we have a lot of that coming today. So super excited. As always, um, I love to introduce the speaker. And before I do, I just want to remind you guys, if you have questions, please go ahead and comment during the interview, especially that's the benefit of being here live. We have Janet in the Missouri. Welcome, Janet. Super excited to see you and super excited to have Tanya James here today. So I'm going to go ahead and share a little bit about Tanya and how we met and then turn it over to her because we got a lot of great stuff. So you guys are going to want to take notes because this is going to be super amazing. Um, Tanya's a multidimensional healer and alchemist, breakthrough alchemist, by the way. And I've only had one other alchemist on here before. So I'm really excited and over 100 plus 30 episodes, whatever it is now that this is only the second time I've had someone with this kind of wisdom, as I like to call it. And she's been in the healing arts industry and world her whole life. She's worked with clients in over 35 countries and something really kind of a cool thing. And hopefully she's going to talk about this. But six years ago, she started using light language. And I met her in my mastermind. She's super powerful. I've experienced her work firsthand. So Tanya, please take it away. How did you become a multidimensional healer, alchemist? And I can't wait to hear about light language. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Hello, everybody. Uh, Thanks for this beautiful introduction. So my story, I'll, I'll try to keep it to the Reader's Digest version. I um, really as a young, young age, just always knew of oneness, always could feel new earth. I I didn't understand the world I found myself in. Like I could communicate with 
nature, you know, uh, spirits and trees. And I just had this deep, deep knowing of being a spiritual being first. Mm -hmm. Now my family was not metaphysically minded at all. So like people's, we'd go to the grocery store and, and, you know, people's hips were screaming at me and their knees were screaming at me. And I'd run up to people and like put my hands on them, you know, (laughs) just naturally not. And then I'd like, they'd look at me like, why are you touching me? And you know, my mom would be just like pink and flush, like embarrassed, like Tanya, you don't run up and touch people. And I'm like, yeah, but And they're, you know, like they're hurting and I want to help. And, you know, so I didn't understand at a young age how, you know, that, that there were, you know, the boundaries part was hard. I would just see pain and I would want to, Mm -hmm. um, get that. And so I had a paper out when I was like 12 and on Saturdays and Sundays, I'd go to the little old ladies' houses after delivering their paper. Would you like a foot rub? And I put my, you know, hands on their feet and they would just get hot And, um, they would just completely like, you know, relax and melt and they'd be like, Oh my God, I haven't felt this good in 20 years. What are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Like I'm just listening to my body and listening to my intuition. So then I shut everything down at around 13 or 14. I turned it all off because I was sick of being weird. I was sick of being different. I was sick of being my family's telling people that I was adopted by aliens. And, you know, just I wanted to be like everybody else. And, um, you know, and so I went through my first dark night of the soul from 14 to 17, uh, ran away, moved out. I've been paying rent since I was 16 years old. Um, and then, uh, like dropped out of school, went back as a senior with freshman credits. And I graduated a year late, uh, and did a whole bunch of like matrix 3d jobs, uh, worked for nonprofits, worked for theater companies, like had a lot of, a lot of fun, uh, did some traveling. And then in my mid twenties, I said, okay, it's time for me to start using my gifts. Uh, and I went to massage therapist school. Uh, became a massage therapist and people again would have these spontaneous healings in my sessions. You know, the, they'd have 20, 30 year chronic conditions. And after two or three sessions, they were gone. And they're like, what is going on here? And it's amazing. The people who really accepted it, like, this is amazing. That healing stuck. And the people who said, oh, this is so unbelievable. This is unbelievable. I can't believe that. Then a month later, it would be back because they kept affirming how unbelievable the miracle was that this thing transformed for them. So that was interesting. So then I uh, had twins and uh, nurturing my twins and my family and then going to work and nurturing clients. It was just too much doing the hands-on. So I went and got a master's in coaching uh, and that kind of turned uh, that kind of was a program that took organizational development with personality styles, with quantum physics and melded it all together in this 5,000 level master's program. And so I finished that and felt like a total fraud because my marriage is in shambles, my life is falling apart. And I'm like, who am I to coach? So then I went into my second dark night from like 2012 to 2015. And at the end of that in 2015 is when I had this breakthrough moment uh, myself with a practitioner who gave me a free session one day and changed my life. 
And um, I get goosebumps every time I talk about it because we put some stuff on the tree across the street and all of a sudden the world made sense to me because I had such a hard time balancing having this very strong spiritual connection to all that is being human at the same time. So, you know, being that my accepting my humanness was really hard, like all the, the, the things in 3D that I just didn't understand, you know, being able to feel the news when I turn on the TV and feel other people's pain so intensely, like I didn't like being in my body. So that day, it was like the two worlds collided. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. And a couple of months later, the light language came on and I sat on it for three years. I didn't share it with anybody but my uh, husband or I had gone through a divorce during that dark night, got remarried. So he heard it, but nobody else. And then one day in 2018, I decided to go on a Facebook Live in a private group and share it. And a month later, I started my business. And three years later, here we are. Wow. You had so much in there. I, I feel like I could unpack for five hours. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. And I, I know some people might be like, well, what does this have to do with business, Lois? You know, there's so much that you have to offer that is so relevant to now. So I want to I want to just highlight a couple things. You know, first, you felt essentially I'm going to use these words. You didn't use these words, but you were kind of like a black sheep in your family. Um, you were trying to figure out how to navigate life on your own and, 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 and then in business, you know, so there's a lot of people out there, I think that are starting new businesses because of the pandemic, or they feel completely like a fish out of water online. And it's hard to be authentic oftentimes for people if they've never had an online business. So I'd kind of like to see if there's any parallels that you can, you can share with people when you're feeling weird. That's what you said. Weird. I, I love weird. I tell my kids all the time, it's great to be weird. Okay. <laughs> because I felt like that too, when I was younger and that there can be some, some shame in that there can be some emotional traumas in that. So I think a lot of us are going through some kind of spiritual dark night of the soul right now because of this whole new world that we're living in. Do you have any like quick tips or, or thoughts is how does someone who feels like a black sheep or a fish out of water, they're trying to navigate life and maybe these emotions along with showing up and being successful, you know, how do people start to figure that out? I mean, that's a big question. Do the scary thing is the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, when I went on that and did the Facebook live and shared the light language the first time, I was shaking like a leaf. And then I started my own uh, weekly show on my Facebook page called Activating the Witch Within. And I got a lot of flack from that for my family and everything like, you're not a witch. Why are you using the word witch? And I just resonated with me to demystify it. Like, you know, there's plenty of of magic in the world that isn't, you know, dark and, and that kind of thing. And for whatever reason, that word is still has that kind of stigma. And I just use that word for that reason. And I got a lot of flack from it, but I didn't care. I'm like, that's the word I want to use. Do the scary thing. And I shook through the first 10 videos I did on there. I mean, I was just absolutely, I'm like down here, like, okay, you know, I mean, I would pull it off. And I don't know if people could tell I was shaking, but literally my, my whole body was like reacting to doing this crazy thing and coming out with 
um, you know, sharing my gifts. And I just did it anyways. Um, and I'm very grateful because I have been in the healing arts for so long and started where I'm glad I had all those 3D matrixy jobs from, you know, all different kinds of industries and all this different admin and work for lawyers and, you know, at real estate. And I mean, I've been in, I've, I've been licensed in uh, uh, health and life insurance in 35 states. Uh, at one time, <laughs> like I have a lot of those practical pieces and I was able to translate those skills into my spiritual entrepreneurship. So I think that's a lot of for people who are trying to figure out where to go or or how to do remote. Look at your zones of genius now. Look at the, your skill set now and how can you transfer the pieces that you really want to hold on to into the new thing, whatever that new thing is. Hmm. And then, you know, what isn't in your zone of genius, eventually you'll be able to delegate it, you know, maybe not right away, but just like that can be part of the wish list of, okay, I'm going to do all these things at first, but the wish list is, is, you know, a few of these items I'm going to delegate and hand off to somebody else as soon as I don't want to, as soon as I can. So those would be my few tips. I love that. I love that. Because I think that's where when someone I know for me, I went through that last year, the dark night of the soul, just going to call it I actually have a guest on June 11th, we're going to be talking about <laughs> how what that all means. And, and it's very powerful, guys, because what she's talking about is once you're feeling you, you break through those scary moments, right, like you did, you essentially were terrified. I mean, you were shaking. And yet you, you have a voice to share with people. You have a purpose for being here. And by not sharing that, that can cause dis-ease, right? That can cause addiction. That can cause depression. That can cause anxiety. I mean, I could go on and on about the <laughs> flip side of that. Had you not done that, you know, you couldn't also yeah. serve and, and assist your clients and you help them uh, stop you know, remove those blocks and trusting their intuition. So it's, it's great advice. Oh, absolutely. And that brings up another part of my story too. I had my first panic attack at 17 and in the last 20 something years, I've probably had over 10,000 of them in my mm -hmm. life. And as soon as I started doing what I using my gifts and sharing my gifts with the world, they just went away or Maybe instead of having 10 a week or 20 a week, I'd have one a week. Like, I mean, and it was, it was all this energy inside of me that was trying to, 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 to find its way out for so long and had nowhere to go. And as soon as I let that cork pop, so to speak, and got out of my own way, stopped caring about what other people thought and mm. just, no, I'm going to do this those, a lot of that stuff just took care of itself. And it, it just decreased exponentially because I was doing the thing that scared me. And it, and it wasn't scary. That was the thing I also figured out. Like once I did it, I'm like, this isn't scary. What was I so scared about? Yeah. Cause once you are in your genius, then you light up like Marianne Williams said her, her, um, her quote about, you know, there's nothing, a lot of people fear ourselves and speaking our truth is essentially what she's talking about in that, that quote. So how does someone, if they're feeling really like afraid, 
and they're not quite ready to go and speak their truth, which is what I think most people right now are figuring out. How do I start a podcast or how do I share my book or how do I be seen, be heard, be paid when they're fear, they're afraid of rejection or afraid of judgment or afraid of being seen as an imposter. There's a lot of imposter syndrome conversations going on in Clubhouse and all these different places. So how did you get to that point where you were scared and then you just went and did it? Any other specific things that come to you that you remember that helped you do the scary thing? Well, I've always had, again, this kind of relationship with the non-physical so I asked my guides, like, I just asked my guides. I asked my higher self. I ha- asked my spirit team. I just said, okay, spirit team, I really want to start stepping into my divine purpose. I need help. Like I need help to do it, you know, and I would take one step and then the next step would show up and I would take the next step and the next step show up. So I call it following those universal breadcrumbs, paying attention to synchronicity and um, trusting the process and again, letting go of what I, is it okay, is it okay to use the S word? Sure. Oh, <laughs> and, to let, and to let go of what I like to call the itty bitty shitty committee. So that, <laughs> voice, so that, that voice <laughs> that is telling you that you can't, that's telling you that nobody's going to listen. That's telling you that you're never going to be able to make it doing this, that you're never going to reach that success. That's that itty bitty shitty committee. And it's lying to you. It's not your higher self. Our higher self would never speak an unkind word to us ever. Like it would never tell us we couldn't. It only speaks to us in that, um, positive, loving, kind voice. The other Mm -hmm. voice is the one of, you know, programming that all the stuff we picked up in the first, however many years of life, I like to say we were born like blank iPhones and the first seven Mm -hmm. years of our life, we download all the apps we're ever going to use. And then for the rest of our life, we're trying to delete the apps. And then some of them will reinstall at night when we're sleeping. And then it just opens up and it's on your phone and you're like, no, I deleted that. Right. And, and it's like, how do you take those, those programs and fully delete them from the cache so it doesn't reinstall? Because that's where people get stuck in change and why I practice alchemy is to help those programs not reinstall. I love that. And, and I know, love that. Love that. The itty bitty shitty committee. I got to maybe you should write a book called that. I think that would. That's a great idea. I've never thought of that. Wow. And I've been using that statement since I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Write it, come back, we'll do another show and I'll help you sell the snot out of that for sure. Um, But anyway, uh, inspirational thoughts by Lois on the show is always what I like to call that. But um. Sorry, now I got off my my train of thought. Uh, it's brilliant what you said about the downloads, the apps, because we are so hardwired, right? I, I mean, full disclosure, I was on a call with my therapist yesterday, and we were breaking down before six, between six and 11, 12 and 17, 18, and so on and so forth. And we have so many of these programs that we carry through with us that we don't even know because it's it's so subconscious. And I know you mentioned alchemy. There could be a lot of people out there who still don't know what alchemy is. I want to mention that because I've only had one other alchemist on the show. So can you maybe describe 
um, in a nutshell, Cliff Notes version, what alchemy is and specifically how you use that to guide people to be more successful in life? Well, I like to think of it as like quantum transformation, you know, that, that real, like the, you know, I know that the butterfly analogy gets used all the time, but the caterpillar, you know, changing into the butterfly, the butterfly doesn't represent one tiny aspect of that caterpillar. Its DNA is completely different. It is a completely new organism. And that is what it's that turning, you know, lead into gold, right? That, that all of the, you know, that's the traditional, you know, definition of alchemy, right? Is turning that lead into gold. So, mm-hmm. and, and really it's turning the lead of our lives into the gold that is us. It's turning the lead of our lives into the heaviness of our life, finding the gifts in the lessons of life, because there's always gifts. We're not used to looking at the challenges in life as a gift. We're really not. We're not. It's not a conversation when you have pain or you have an illness or you have a divorce or you have, well, sometimes divorce can be a gift, but you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, we don't see the big, heavy, icky, sticky stuff as a gift. Mm. And and when you can transform these things into the gift, you can turn that lead inside of you into the gold that it really is. Oh, that's so cool. Because I also talk about, and I'm a sales trainer, so I talk about lead generation, building your gold mine. You know, you have to build yourself and believe in yourself as a gold mine. Like you are awesome. And, and whatever you're selling or offering, people deserve to know about it so that you can help them. I love that. That's, that's powerful. Um, and I just, I want to remind the audience too here, just guys, we, we usually only go for about 30 minutes, depending on how many questions you guys ask. So please comment below with questions, hit the share button. Um, because what she's sharing today is, is a very, very unique episode. Um, with your, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about it a little bit earlier than I normally do. You have a free, uh, a gift. So I'm actually, uh, just wanted to, to focus on that because how you help people is so powerful. And you did a talk, I think you said, um, it's an activation, something you did last September on how to achieve divine detachment because yeah. that might even be the, what I call this topic in, in iTunes because so many of us, myself included, when I was going through my dark night of the soul, I realized how many attachments I had to the way things should look the way things were before COVID, the, you know, the past traumas and holding on to those like for dear life, like white knuckling. Um, so what, tell more about what that, that free gift or talk of that mini activation can do to help people with uh, detachment. Well, you know, a lot of times when people think detachment, they think uncaring, they think, Uh, especially, you know, in this community, there's probably a lot of sensitives and empaths who get the term divine detachment. So it's not detaching from the caring or the love or, or the wanting to see things um, whole again. It's that however, it's going outside of you that nothing gets to define you, but you. Nothing. We Mm -hmm. have to spend more time with ourselves than any other relationship in our entire life. And how much time do we dedicate to that relationship with ourselves compared to the relationships with the other 
with, with the rest of the world. And when we aren't defined by what's going on in the world or what's going on with politics or what's going on with, um, you know, even our business, like that, that's one area that we can get really pulled out of alignment if, if something falls through, if, 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 you know, the millions of things that we get triggered in business, how can we not let our business define how we feel moment to moment? Um, that, that we define our business, we define our life and how can we achieve divine detachment that whatever's happening outside of us doesn't shake us. What I like to call say off of our alignment bike. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're going along on our bike and everything's smooth. And then we turn the corner and somebody throws a snowball at us and we fall off the bike. Mm -hmm. And then we judge ourselves for falling off the bike instead of just getting on the bike. Oh, well, that wasn't very cool. And then we just keep and pedal on. Like, how do we be able to stay, you know, stay on our alignment bike. And when we fall off, get back on with a smile on our face, like, Hey, I'm in the flow. Yeah, there's going to be challenges. They're going to be, there's going to be ups and downs. That's normal. That's part of being human. Uh, it, it, it's and that allowance. So when we're in a divine detachment, we're very much in a state of accepting, of allowing, and of just being with the flow of life instead of reacting to life. Um, it's also that tenant of you know life is happening for me instead of mm. to. You know mm. when we're base of divine detachment. It's happening for us, not to us. So this activation, it's a little bit of a talk on divine detachment. And then there's an activation that's, um, I can't, I think it's like a 15 or 20 minute activation in there. I'm using light language and you'll get to feel, um, my team and I, you know, moving your energy and, and, or, you know, helping you, I should say, move your, your energy and, and, and remove all the things out of your field that you don't carry. So one of the first things when somebody's sitting down for a session with me, one of the first things we do is, okay, what's going on with your aura? And most people have like thousands of people in their aura. When we first sit down, they don't even realize that their aura is just filled with all this stuff. And we just, wash that away. Right. Right. Like, you know, be in your own energy bubble. And then it's very much easier to feel that divine detachment that way when you're in your own energy and then you're not getting so enmeshed in what's happening outside of you. I love that. You made me think of something, um, that, 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 that visual of sometimes we're on a bike with training wheels because we need the extra support. <laughs> sometimes the training wheels are off and we're going to, sometimes we're on a unicycle because we just feel so gosh darn good. Uh, so I think, would you say it's also to give yourself grace, compassion, treat yourself with kindness when you recognize you have those training wheels on and, and, and then, you know, doing exercises like your activation and go get, you know, does that kind of help people re come back to center? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we are so hard on ourselves. That's what, like, coming back to the itty bitty shitty committee. I don't know about you, but I have a PhD in my itty bitty shitty committee. I mean, like, we are so incredibly hard on ourselves. And, um, you know, moms, especially, I know we're both moms, but, mm -hmm. you know, everyone, 
I mean, it's so easy to nitpick every tiny little thing. We live in a very much this Western culture. You've got to look a certain way and you've got to have this and you have this. And if you don't, then da, 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 da. and it's like, it's so easy to have that self-critical voice come in mm-hmm. on autopilot. And a lot of times we don't even realize it. Like we just are so accustomed to, oh, I did, I effed up and I didn't do this and I didn't do that. Like we are so programmed, I'll I'll use that word, to be hard on ourselves that we don't even realize that we're being hard on ourselves most of the time. And so when we can shift that dialogue and say, hey, that's not my higher self talking to me. Hey, that's not my my me being my best friend talking to me. And it's not Mm -hmm. about making that voice wrong. You know, part of what I do in the alchemy work too is, is the shadow work and it's embracing the shadow. It's loving the shadow. It's not judging it. Mm. It's not making that voice wrong. Yeah. It's more being a witness to uh, almost like a third party observer of yourself. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really famous for pulling out the, the, the punching bag of myself and my boxing gloves. I'm really, really good at that. Um, Anything else that you want to share kind of as we wrap up and uh, anything else that you feel led to help people in in this world that we're living in right now? We've covered a lot of great gems, guys. So, again, I hope you took notes and and please take advantage of her. I shared the link on the screen. I'm going to put it in the show notes as well to, to access her free gift for you guys that could be a game changer for you. Cause I know my session with Tanya was game changing uh, and, and huge for me. Anything else that you want to share that is really on your heart? When we're not used to loving ourselves, it can feel a little bit like those training wheels that you spoke about. And to just, you know, really let yourself fall into love with yourself. Even if it's just a little bit, tiny little bit, you know, each and every day. And, you know, one thing I, you know, anytime I pass a mirror for a long time, when I was really doing this work for myself and helping heal my itty bitty shitty committee, which is still there, you know, I mean, it still comes up. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, but when I was really in the thick of it, I would pass any time I passed a mirror, I would pause and I would look in my eyes. I love you. And I would Mm -hmm. pause and I would look in my eyes. I love you. And I just got in the habit of saying, I love you to me like a hundred times a day. And then it would become it, you know, after a, you know, a month of two of that, it becomes so automatic that that voice gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then when you hear it, you almost laugh like, oh, why did I just think that? Like, oh, let me give that part a hug. Okay, next. Right. It's, it's like treating that voice like the, the, the teens in the car that haven't gotten their driver's permit yet. And you love them. You love you love them to death and they're asking for the car keys, but you're just not going to hand the car keys to them yet. Like, no, honey, you don't get the car keys. And yet we give that voice the car keys to our life all the time. Hmm. Wow. And that's what's holding us back, right? Wouldn't you say that 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 I, I used to call it the devil on the shoulder, but I like what you call it much more now. Um, the itty bitty shitty committee that, that, that comes out, you got to love that part of yourself too. It's not like you said, something worthy of judgment, but would you say in your work with uh, all of the clients that you've served the hundreds and hundreds of people that that's really the number one thing that holds people back is that, that voice. 
yeah, unworthiness. Unworthy, you know, not feeling, not feeling worthy, not feeling, um, not feeling, you know, capable and, you know, lack, lack, I mean, it shows up in lack of confidence. It shows up in all sorts of ways, but really the root of it very much is not really valuing and seeing yourself as the world worthy, magical, amazing being that you are with gifts that only you have to share. Um, we all have gifts that nobody else can give but us. Mm. And we, we so often hold those back um, just because of fear. And once we, you know, commit to becoming fearless, boom. Mm. That's awesome. And I hope you don't mind. We're going a little over because I feel like this is such an important message. I know I needed to hear it. And um, I'll be listening to this again. Um, so thank you so much, Tanya. I'm going to go ahead and start to wrap it up. Is there any other places where people can find you? I know we have the the free gift. You have a, a website or do they just connect with you on Facebook or LinkedIn? Uh, I have tanyajames.com with a J. So that's T-A-N-J-A james.com. And I also have a consultation link at chatwithtanya.com. So that's just chatwith and then my name.com. And um, I do provide complimentary consults. Uh, sometimes the calendar gets a little booked up. So if it's empty the first time you check, check back a couple days later, and usually there's time on there. Um, but I love talking to people. I love connecting with people. I love meeting people and just, you know, um, sharing my gifts with the world. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share with your audience. It's been absolutely lovely to talk to you today. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, let's just close with a couple of quick announcements. Um, and then I'll have one final question to ask you, Tanya, as we wrap it up. So again, guys, if you saw value today, please hit the share button. Please um, listen to this again, because there's a lot of things to unpack. And there's a lot more that we could have unpacked. Um, we'll have to have you come back again for a second round. So a couple of quick announcements. I always like to remind people of my upcoming events. And it goes really well, hand in glove, with what Tanya and I talked about today, because I really figured out much better last year after going through my own dark night of the soul, how to love myself. And through that process, by speaking my truth, being seen, being heard, being paid, I was able to go from $0 a month to multiple five figures a month, just sharing my my passion, my love, first for myself, right? And then through my profession. And so this masterclass on next Wednesday, May 19th, um, please sign up if you're really struggling, especially with lead generation consistency and follow-up, because I find kind of like with what Tanya was talking about today, a lot of times if we don't love ourselves enough and believe in ourselves enough, we self-sabotage and our lead generation is the first thing to go. And if you don't have leads, I hate to say it, you don't have sales. And I was able to course correct myself last year in a big, big way. And so we're going to roll up our sleeves for two hours next Wednesday, the 19th, and dive in to that course. So please go to loiskofi.com forward slash list build to freedom. Um, and even if you can't attend live, sign up anyway and get the recording. Um, it, it's the first time I've done a class like this, and it, it might be the last time I do it for quite some time as we head into the summer months. So if you're listening to this later on the recording and it's past May 19th, you can still sign up. Um, I'm going to make sure it's evergreen because I really want to get that information out there. So 
Last question for you, Tanya. I ask everyone on this show as we wrap it up here, because the name Healthy and Wealthy and Wise was a very, very, uh, definitely a divinely inspired name choice for my podcast and means a lot to me. And I'd love for you to share when you hear the phrase Healthy and Wealthy and Wise, Tanya, what does it mean for you? The importance of prioritizing health and wealth and, you know, seeing like, for me, I always think of wealth as an energy, as a extension of love. Like money is Mm. a tool. Like I've always seen money as a tool, like a hammer, not the house but the hammer that's used to build the house and that, that, that tool can be used how you choose to use it. And a lot of people have so much charge around money because it's so impactful in every area of our life. So we tend to put it up on this pedestal instead of seeing it as an equal partner that we get to tool with. So having that healthy relationship with wealth, having that healthy relationship with self and that the wisdom to know inside that, 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 you, that you're brilliant, that we're all brilliant, you know? I mean, we really are. And, and you know, so much of life just gets st- sucked up into this mirdom of, you know, <laughs> all this stuff. And it's like at the end of the day, when we remember who we are and our brilliance, that's wisdom. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. I know what my goal is always for people to find and reach their best health or best wealth, but ultimately it's what you talked about their best, highest version of themselves, but really connecting with their higher self, which is that wisdom. So thank you so much for sharing that. That was beautiful. And guys, thank you again for tuning in. I uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Same time, same channel. We have David Bear, who's also part of my mastermind. I'm getting everybody from my mastermind in this month, I think. And he's going to be talking about his success in direct direct um, marketing and, and just all of the things he's created in a very, very successful career. So look forward to seeing you guys then. Until next time, here's to your best health, your best wealth and your best wisdom. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20-minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. Reach out to me at lois at loiskofi.com to claim your 20-minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise.